Hey, this is James Jeffries here, Impact Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, and you're listening to Uncharted Territory. The best wrestling stories and wrestling news are on this podcast. Check us out, brother. promoters and welcome back to the uncharted territory podcast this is episode 120 and we've got a information packed episode for you tonight uh, one of our favorite types of episodes uh, by you the fans and by us the hosts and we'll be looking back at some uh, club galactica history here uh, but before we get too far into things uh, I'll, let me introduce myself i'm Corey Olson. i'll be hosting tonight and the weather here in the uh, the twin cities maplewood metro area warmed up today uh, about 35 or so it felt uh, felt like spring compared to what we've had and uh, started to see some melting snow of course you know overnight that creates some some ice but uh, you know decent drive overall everybody was cautious at least on my route so no accidents yet and uh, hopefully there won't be any uh, but let's see who else is on the call tonight uh, let's, let's go to Buffalo New York and Tim Dalton Tim how are things in Buffalo Things are good here, Corey. Uh, after a few very bitterly cold days, we have warmed back up. It was about 49 degrees today, um, overcast, and no major uh, snow or bad weather in the in the uh, uh, near future. Although we did have a, a minor uh, earthquake here um, a few days ago that that roused me out of bed at 6:15 uh, a.m. But other than that, and it was small. There's no no real damage or injuries or anything. Um, but other than that, everything's good. Good to hear about the weather and good to hear the, uh, about the earthquake. Tim texted us about that and was not expecting to hear about a Buffalo earthquake. Uh, that you don't, don't often associate those two things, but glad to hear that, that things are okay overall. Well, let's head out to uh, Virginia and Stu Lowry. Stu, how are things with you tonight? Corey, I'm doing great. Uh, fresh off, just taking my bride to half price burger night at one of our favorite haunts. It's just, I mean, you can't beat that for an early Valentine's Day gift on the last of the big spenders. And uh, they, they keep their own bees out there. So we got some honey to boot. I mean, a night, guys. What a night. Uh, the weather here is uh, pretty good for February. It's uh, upper 50s. Gonna, we're going to get close to 70 degrees tomorrow. So um, the calendar is not quite sure what to do with itself because it feels like April. But I'm not going to complain because it had been pretty cold through Christmas. And then Jan after, since January, the calendar flipped to January, it's been relatively mild and looks like it's going to be that way for a while, but looking forward to tonight's discussion as always. Excellent. Always good to hear about some half price burgers and uh, not, no, no better date than that. You're not kidding, brother. <laughs> 
Well, uh, my brother Chad is um, probably at this time uh, traveling back uh, from another business trip. And this is going to be kind of a unique episode as he will be on the, uh, the second half of the episode with the true star of Uncharted Territory, Matt Dickendesher. Uh, but for now, we've got the three of us and we've got our regular contributor to these great episodes, the founder of Club Galactica, Mark Ashby. Mark, I, I was almost going to ask about Maryland, but I got to keep reminding myself, how are things in West Virginia tonight? I, I go to Maryland pretty much daily still. Oh, yeah. It's not like I'm that <laughs> far away. Uh, I have one studio that I record in still at my dad's house, which is in the house that Club Galactica was born in. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's relatively the same. It's still a little cooler than that. Uh, we did have uh, a little bit, I, I don't want to call it autumnal because it's not autumn. We'll call it vernal. But I know autumnal is a good word to throw in there every once in a while in this show. So, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, I think we we're low 50s today. So uh, sunny, you know, looking forward to some, some warming things up because spring is my favorite season. The older I get, the more I like to see things becoming alive and not dying. That, that is a good feeling to have some life. Absolutely. Well, thank you to, for joining us again, Mark. Glad to have you here. Uh, before we get into our, our main topic, um, you know, just kind of our, our what's new for the week. Well, you know, to you, the promoters, maybe not a lot. Um, you know, we've had one announcement of the Legendary Ladies 3 set and Miss Texas being uh, uh, the, I guess, headliner or first name at least announced for that. Um, we haven't had any other public announcements yet, but on our side of things, uh, we are plugging along and I'd say we're almost done with our, our first round of things as far as our statting and uh, Stu's bios and everything else. Um, so we're, we're in a pretty, pretty good place right now. I think we're maybe, a, I don't even remember when Mike wanted the stuff, but I think we might even be a little ahead of schedule. So that's, that's good. I actually, um, since Miss Texas has been announced, I'll say that I've been working on her stats and I think I, I finished them up. I think they're, I think they're going to turn out quite nicely and hopefully she's a good competitor for you in your ladies division. Um, Tim, anything to add? Yeah, it's just cool kind of seeing some of the artwork, you know, the the, the rough drafts and the, the sketches and the inks coming through now. Um, haven't I don't think we've seen anything in color yet other than uh, other than than Jacqueline Moore, Miss Texas, whatever, whatever she will be known as uh, on her card. Um, but uh, but, yeah, it's kind of nice seeing seeing things progress. Absolutely. Yeah. Stu, any thoughts? Uh, no, other than to say that I was uh, pleasantly surprised by this entire set and researching the information for the handbook. Um, it's been fun. It's been fun to write this handbook. I mean, they're all fun, but this one, uh, just, I'll just say I learned a fair amount. And I like that. And I'll leave it at that. And um, looking forward to the set in general. I'm really, really looking forward to the set. I think promoters are really going to enjoy this. Yeah. And, you know, as I was kind of researching some of the cards I was assigned, um, you know, watching footage, you kind of remember or you're reminded of a lot of connections to people already in, in LOW, not just not just other lady wrestlers, but the men as well. Uh, so yeah, as, as names are announced, you know, that'll that'll all make sense. And I think there will be a couple, <clears throat> you know, unique things about this set that probably it, it will make it a little bit unlike any of the other women's or men's sets that we've released so far. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said, Tim. Well said. Well, let's get rolling and then right into our main topic this week, and that is the next issue of Club Galactica, the Club Galactica Super Report. That's from May 1990. Uh, for the cover of this, we've got uh, the logo for the War Games 2091 set, and we've got two of the drawings of the characters to be released. We've got Whiplash and the Matador of M83 on the cover. 
um, two of my all-time favorites from this set and rank up there pretty high just with favorites in general. Um, you know, before we get into the issue, Mark, I mean, how did you, can you recall like getting this artwork from Tom, you know, what it felt like to, to see this before anybody else? And, you know, how, how did that all work as far as getting it into the issue? It was always fun to be the first to get something <laughs> <laughs> back in the days when news wasn't instant. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't remember why in particular I, I picked them up for the two on the cut. I mean, Matador, I think Tom probably pissed me off that Matador was a, a fairly important addition to the game um so putting him on the cover uh whiplash i i don't know if i knew that he was an updated card yet or not uh okay. because i don't think that he had he, he didn't say in his uh column here which we'll get to i'm sure he only said one of the cards that was getting updated as far as i know um but yeah it was it was always just so cool to get the the art just so i could be like you know the the dispenser of the good news to the rest of the galaxy so right. <laughs> Because that was the art was a big deal for, for yeah. folks, you know. Got oh, you. Yeah. You either reacted po very positively or very negatively, usually. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's uh, get into the issue itself then. And of course, we usually kick things off uh, with the rankings for this month. Uh, Stu, guide us through who's on top. Corey, I will do my level-headed best, and I will add that this is probably still my all-time favorite set in terms of Champions of the Galaxy. Just so many great characters in this set, and this is a golden age for the game. Uh, let's go through the Galaxian rankings. Uh, we'll, as usual, I'll give the uh, where they rank now and where they ranked previously. Our champion was Thantos, and he was champion uh, in the previous edition, so no change there. Number one was Wolf, holding on to the number one ranking, for he had been number one the uh, prior issue. Star Warrior, the same. Number two, he had been number two previously. Up one from number four is the Galactic Punisher. Down one from previously number three to number four is Pulsar Prime, but holding steady. Spike was up one from number six to number five. Uh, the Bounty Hunter was down one position. He had been number five. He's now at number six. Coming in at number seven is the Mad Jester. Uh, certainly he was popular back in the day. He is up two spots uh, from his previous ranking of number nine. Bishop Hell comes in at number eight, down from number seven. Iron Main pops up one position to number nine. He had been at number 10. And then rounding out the top 10, the Invincible Kraken, who had been at number 11 uh, in the previous issue. So a pretty solid top 10 there, not a great, uh, great deal of movement. Um, I guess, and really no real surprises, Pulsar Prime remains popular. Uh, the Galactic Punisher continues his climb. I, I'm interested because I wasn't, I wasn't around back then when this was going on, but the Galactic Punisher was a fairly popular character, was he not? I would say so uh, when he first came in. Uh, as far as top 10 surprises, the fact that the Mad Jester is hanging in there he didn't have the toughest card. He had a good enough card, but, you know, seventh ranked over people like Bishop Hell, Iron Man, Kraken, uh, Massive Mesmer, you know, that that's, you know, he's punching above his weight there a little bit, I think. Yeah, that he had, he had a pretty good defense, but he had that big, uh, he had the big pin. He had a pin of eight, five. No, it can't be. It looks to be. Promoters. My God. Promoters live on location, <laughs> just making a, an unscheduled run in. The true star, the self-professed true star of Uncharted Territory. Matt Dickendisher has joined us. I just had to pop in in the second intermission here as I'm standing outside our local ice rink to make sure Mark Ashby's email started working again. <laughs> He's having some issues. 
It's and better I, to I, have I, issues I, with my email than issues in my entire life like oh, you. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. That hurts. Wow, jeez. How's the game going? Uh, we are actually tied 2-2 two, two after two periods with a really good team. So, oh, wow. Uh, even Mark's face popping up on my phone here, it keeps me in a good mood. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, congratulations to the team. That's awesome. Hope they can pull it well, off. We'll see how this never goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, Matt, I, I will say, you know, being the star of this podcast is is pretty much similar to being the smartest Kardashian sister. So I'm not sure how much how much credibility <laughs> that really gives you. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> so I'm going right. to head, head back into the building that I just want to remind students, you know, talk about that big Dream Federation squash match that uh, I'm sure is coming up. Oh yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> no worries, Matt. That, that's gonna get uh, the full the full focus. All right. Perfect. Well, you guys enjoy the rest of the night, and I can't wait to talk to that other bum tomorrow night. <laughs> all right. Oh, thanks for joining tonight, us. Good words. luck in the third period. Yeah. Yeah. Right, thanks. Thanks, Matt. No, bye. Uh, all right. All right. Back, back to, to the follow ratings. that, but I will yeah. endeavor to to do so. Yep. Let's look at the uh, Galaxian Tag Team rankings. Um, our champion this particular issue is the Ultimate Gladiators. They were previously number one, so they made a big move and, and uh, claimed the belts. I'm sure this wasn't the first time. I, I can't remember squad anymore, but I'm sure they have, have held it before, if I can get my words out. Uh, number one ranked team is the Greek Gods down a peg. Uh, they were champions the last edition. Number two, the Cosmic Forces. They stayed steady. They were previously number two. Animal, Animal Pack comes in at number three. They held steady, as did uh, Powerhouse. They were previously number four and remain at number four. Up a spot are the Alien Core, uh, up from number six to number five. Down two spots from the previous ranking is Titan Power, which is probably my all-time favorite team, uh, just for anybody's interest out there. Uh, they're up, uh, excuse me, they're up two spots uh, from number eight to number six. The Western Powers debuted at number seven. Uh, they had previously not cracked the top 10, so they made a big move. That is a decent move. Uh, the Satanic Cult down, uh, or excuse me, up from number nine to number eight. The Starfighters uh, were previously number 10. They're now at number nine. And how this team continues to hang around is anybody's guess. The Norse <laughs> gods. Crack the top 10 once again. What is the matter with you people? I mean, I know there are less teams, but goodness gracious. You know, you know, even though we all have different opinions, you know, about everything, we seem to be united in the fact that we all think the Norse gods were just freaking terrible. They were awful. <laughs> I think that's not a subjective assessment. Like that's that's objective yeah, that's, truth. That is objective truth. <laughs> oh. Any other comments on the uh, tag rankings? There were some big movers. Yeah, a few. Uh, I mean, Gladiators coming back in. I'm sure, you know, Chad's upset about that with the Greek gods getting bumped out of there. But, uh, you know, sorry, I'm still trying to reorient myself after Matt coming in like a deadbeat dad, just, you know, showing up very briefly and acting like he did something important. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. But, yeah, I mean... <laughs> The uh, whoever was five and seven, I don't have the uh previous issue, but they're the people, they're the teams that got bumped out of here this time. So, uh, sorry to them over the Norse gods of all teams, but oh well, maybe it was a case of the individual members were teaming up with other people who were better than them, and that just gave them half the points. 
you know, that could have been it. Could it could be. And but how did you treat uh, makeshift tag teams or the the people did were were they voted upon or was it all we official sp- tag teams? We split it up. It would just got. I think we just decided very early on that if we tried to rank every tag team as it came into us that the rankings were going to be chaos. So yeah. you just, no pun intended, he's not in the game yet. Uh, but so you just split it half and half between whatever the canon tag teams were. Got it. Cool. Well, uh, our interplanetary rankings, uh, our champion remains the same from last edition. That is Spike. Coming in at number one, up from number two is Star Warrior. Uh, number two down from number one is Pulsar Prime, but still holding steady. Uh, Pulsar was a obviously a pretty popular wrestler back in the day. One of my personal favorites is at number three, the Bounty Hunter. He rose two spots from number five. Number four is Wolf, uh, down the spot. He had previously been at number three. Number five is the Invincible Kraken, uh, who down from number four. Bishop Hell holds steady at number six. Thantos holds steady at number seven. The Mad Jester holds steady at number eight. In fact, the rest of the rankings are absolutely the same as last time. Lightning, again, another bit of a head scratcher, is at number nine. And Mesmer is at number 10. Uh, much uh, with the exception of Lightning, I have zero problem with this. But uh, any thoughts on this particular ranking, gentlemen? Uh, it obviously held steady. Yeah, the, the shine coming off of Pulsar Prime a little bit because he went from being champ to number one to number two, I believe, was the progression there. Uh, he was champ at one point i think right after the his card got updated mm-hmm. um so you know maybe this is just people i don't know necessarily getting tired of them is, is the right word but uh he is sort of leveling out you know not getting the pushes like he got when the, the card was brand new yep i think that's an accurate assessment tim you have any thoughts or memories from this particular era or yeah you know i mean i'm i'm kind of going back and playing that era right now. I mean, I've, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm finishing up 2090. I've already integrated a few of the guys from 91. That's kind of the way I've been doing it since I've got the, you know, the uh, benefit of, of, you know, foresight here as to what's coming. Um, I've been able to kind of bring some guys in early. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I think it's pretty accurate. I mean, Pulsar prime has done pretty well for me, given the, the other competition, um, you know, the gladiators are just, they've got those ultimate gladiator cards now. So they, they're pretty tough. Um, I think Bishop hell is my current champion. He was ranked number eight on the Galaxian list. And my interplanetary is star warrior. Who's ranked number one. So things seem pretty accurate. I'd say that's pretty spot on. Our last ranking are the three man tag team championships. Uh, the champions remaining the same are the gladiators of Aethra. They uh, are in, they are the champ, they were the champions of the previous edition. They are the champions now. Up to number one from number two, the Fighting Titans. Uh, down from number one at number two, the Federation Defense Fighters. The Masked Assassins made a uh, debut in the top five. Uh, they had not been previous, or they had been previously unranked. The Galactic Rebels down from number three to number four, and the Wild Things down from number four to number five. Any thoughts on this, gentlemen, in general? That looks fairly consistent. Mass Assassins getting in there might have been a little overdue, but now they're Yeah, there. agreed. And they had a you know pretty strong four-person four team there. You could easily get a good, good threesome out of that. It'll be interesting to see after 2091 comes out and you've got the, 
the face turn for Spike and the Mayhem card to what happens with the the Gladiators because right now they're kind of ruling the roost, you know. I yeah. mean, they've got the tag titles, the the six man tags, and the interplanetary. So mm-hmm. should be fun to to see how this kind of plays out in the next few months. I agree. I, you had some great factions back then too. So I mean, yeah, yeah. these uh, these were I'm sure a lot of fun to play out. I like how um, in the summary, I'm assuming you wrote this, Mark, that you kind of allude to that with Spike and and the rest of the Gladiators, the tension that's coming with the War Games preview and everything. That mm-hmm. you know, what what will happen uh, to our three man tag team champions? So nice, nice little tie in there to the to the official storylines. I agree. Good call, Corey. Well, thank you, Stu. Well, with that, Corey, I believe that concludes our rankings. Awesome, awesome, Hand wonderful. It back over to you. Thank you, Stu. Great job as always. Well, now uh, we'll take a look at uh, some of the big issues or big items from this issue. Uh, of course, we have a, a full ad here for the War Games 2091 set. A couple more drawings released. Uh, we have Mayhem, Justice, and Count Necros. Um, Tom gives some uh, some teasers. You know, get, without going into too much detail, does allude to Spike uh, turning face and leaving the rest of the gladiators. Uh, previews mayhem and the leap of doom being the most dangerous finisher in GWF history. Yes. Promoter that includes star warriors, cosmic big bang um, talks about justice with the shock probation and then calls it a stunning finisher um, talks about the, the unholy Alliance uh, that's, that's, uh, that's forming uh, with, uh, with Thantos and the gladiators and also Kraken going after wolf wolf being uh, uh, recruited uh, by, by the defenders and uh uh, previews the Galacticops team of Justice and Galactic Punisher. Talks about the Royal Court and the FDF uh, feud and uh, where that's going. Mentions the Matador and how he'll be managed by Rainer B. Guile. Um, it mentions Whiplash, as we said, he was on the cover. Um, and as Mark kind of mentioned as well, um, you know, not really telling us who it is, that it's, that it's you know, not, not revealing yet that it's going to be an updated executioner. And uh, so that's, that's kind of kind of cool to, to see it that way. It's in you know, this brand new artwork and you don't know who it is and you don't realize that it's somebody we already have in the game, but really cool. I always liked the, uh, the whiplash card. Now uh, it talks about Mr. Galaxy. Of course, we mentioned in uh, um, our, one of our anniversary episodes that Mr. Galaxy was kind of an idea that Tom had had for a while. And uh, now it's uh, coming to fruition. And of course this would be the, um, the first summer release and, uh, first time or the first year that we start getting two sets a year, correct? Is, is, will there be a December release in 1990 or am I jumping the gun? No, that should be. Yeah. Okay. I, I think okay. We, we're, we're at the two a year now. Okay. Yeah. So this is definitely a, a big point in the, in the game history. Um, now, Mark, did uh, I'm assuming, did, did Tom write all these or did you have any help in, in writing them or? You mean the, with the uh, war games, like the, not the ad, the other part of it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is Tom's doing. Okay. Um, yeah, all of this, these two pages here, whatever page numbers these are, three and four, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I, <laughs> as I was scrolling through it, I was looking at all like, you know, introducing all the things and who's important. And then it says, wait till you meet the guardsman. He's not what you think. Yeah. What did I think? Good? Yeah. Um, <laughs> i thought he was capable yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> thought he had a mouth <laughs> yeah. Right. Functioning. um yeah it was it was really nice to get like all of this info so you know people could get start planning like whenever you say right. like spike is disgusted with the gladiators and what they're doing so he undergoes the cleansing so 
you know, just the, the hype machine, the Phil Singer games vaunted hype machine was in, in full mode on this one. And I think mm -hmm. that contributed to a lot, like Stu says, it's one of his favorites, if not, you know, the favorite of a lot of people, uh, because this was not just an invasion. We were setting up a storyline, you know, the whole war games idea was coming with this. So um, setting it up big like this, you know, all of the, these two pages are just jam packed and looking back on it knowing what what came out of it there's just so many good characters out of the set oh yeah oh yeah yeah we've kind of said it before that i think this is for i know for for me i'd probably say this i think chad said it and maybe tim and Stu did as well um this is a favorite set for a lot of people i mean this is just a just such a loaded set um you know we kind of been that we we talked about it before with 2089 and 90 you know you didn't get as many active new wrestlers you had managers you had the the redos um and but this this is a pretty loaded set as far as new talent and and talent that would you know be around for a while or, or would have an impact in promoters feds um from there then uh, we have tom's column and he uh, gives a little bit more about the war games 2091 set um and he kind of i like how he kind of breaks down the sets released so far and kind of this uh uh, he calls it the chapter. He calls the War Games Chapter Five of an unfolding cosmic saga that might be written into infinity. Well, and, so far, so good. Yeah, yes, we're, we're yep. getting close. Yeah, we're getting close there. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I just like how he's he's just really pushing the the storylines here and the the next chapters and things. Um, he talks a little bit more about some of the characters we already mentioned. Uh, one that we did mention, uh, Lance Atlas, uh, will be coming in in this set, joining the Supreme Gods. And uh, talks about how he'll be feuding with uh, with Comrade Terror, and um, yeah, just a, a really cool concept. He talks about um, oh, I forgot that this was when the, the Battle Zone match would get released, and he uh, does give credit to Brian Barrow's Battle Zone column. Um, that was always you know just a for a match that you know you don't really see a lot of in real pro wrestling. Um, it just I always liked that concept, and with so many factions in the Phil Singer Games universe, just always thought that was a cool. Um, cool concept yeah it makes total sense when your game is more or less based around everybody being in a faction more or less so. yeah exactly exactly but yeah um so that's that pretty much wraps up any other any other thoughts or memories mark on the on the war games upcoming release just that uh i knew that there was going to be I, I mean i didn't know what the card stats were going to be like obviously but i mm -hmm. think i even said in the rankings that you know uh there's going to be some jumping around you know with especially with new tag teams and i i personally was really interested in the whole spike mayhem mm -hmm. thing because you know thinking the gladiators they're going to break up what what's happening with that yeah but i just look at something like when when lance atlas is almost like an afterthought it's like yeah what a set that was <laughs> when a yeah. guy like as good as lance atlas was, oh yeah there's this guy he's yeah. going with the supreme god <laughs> and he was you know there forever never got an update and that was just that's who he was you know yeah yeah great career on his own yeah absolutely well tim's going to talk about uh the next update for the upcoming first galacticon tim take it away well you know at first i just want to mention i was a little sad to see you know with the bottom of tom's column that uh chuck carter's mother had passed away Mm, um, you know, some sometimes it's like uh, who was that artist? Was it Sergio Argonese that was the one that would draw in like the margins of Mad mm -hmm. Magazine? Mm. I mean, every now and then you get the little blurbs like here in the you know on, on the very bottom, and and uh, yeah, just a note about uh, Chuck's mom passing away. So that was that was too bad. 
Um, but uh, yeah, so now we got the big updates on uh, GalacticCon, July 21st and 22nd of 1990 uh, at the Sheldon House in Jamestown, New York. Got a lot of uh, updates regarding things uh, in this issue, two pages worth. Uh, and there's a, a mention too in the uh, the intro to the uh, to the uh, the newsletter about the gathering, uh, which is going to be GWF wrestlers, Dream Fed wrestlers, and the uh, uh, bootleg wrestlers, like uh, uh, promoter created wrestlers, all kind of meeting together and 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 fighting at Galacticon. So that's kind of hinted at in the opening. Um, talks about special giveaways. You know, you got the, the um, the, uh, the championship belts, a double teaming finisher guide, uh, displays of original art and a surprise from Tom. I don't even remember what the hell that was. Um, the optional costume contest that only one person entered and therefore won. Um, <laughs> congratulations again, Martin Addison. That was a beautiful uh, Bishop Hell that you, you had there. Um, the COTG concert, again, promised it never happened. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Sorry, I couldn't get the roadies. To, I mean, it was just too much for the team. So it's like Chad's. It's like Chad's yeah. ring crew. Ring crew, yeah. They're just on strike. Um, and then I, I thought it was kind of cool that Tom kind of gave a. Uh, he he was like the, the the tourist bureau for Jamestown and giving just like tourist information, things to do in the area, um, contact information for all the hotels. Um, you know, just, just everything you would kind of need if you were thinking about going to this event, which I thought was really good. Um, although still no damn t-shirts, Tom, I mean, come on. I mean, you can, you can get t-shirts all over the place now. I mean, by God, Tom, all you need to do is go to tkostore.com. That's T-E-E-K-O store.com. And you can get all your uncharted territory podcast merch right there. I mean, it would have been simple back then, even though the internet didn't really exist, but still you could have come up with something. It would have been easy for you. And you couldn't, and, and you didn't, um, don't do those 50, 50 poly blends either. Do the hundred percent cotton, get, get real with these shirts. But that's all I have to say on that. Um, but no, I thought, I, I thought, uh, you know, I, I thought this was a good update. I thought that, um, um, you know, kind of gives phone numbers of, you know, you, you know, Tom freely gives out Mark's phone number, uh, which I thought was fantastic. Oh, I've done that plenty of times on other issues. So I, I, was, <laughs> I, a, I was a slut that way. Yeah. So. Well, you know, it happens. It's quite a way. I, I thought it was five three oh nine. There you go. The of, of the wall, of the bathroom. Yeah. But I think it's because really, I mean, if, if you've never been to one of the, the conventions in Jamestown, it really is a beautiful area down there with, with the Chautauqua Institute and a lot of the things right there on the lake. Um, but it really is a, a, a beautiful area. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot, lot going on down there. So I thought this was kind of a nice little summary that, that Tom kind of threw in there along with just the, uh, you know, the promo from Mark. I mean, um, Mark, what, what uh, do you remember about, I mean, you know, kind of trying to put all this together? Yeah, just trying to decide what would make it interesting. Like the first time you do something, you don't know what exactly to throw in the stew. It, it's like, sorry, Stu, no pun intended there either. Um, to it, to decide like, you know, okay, we, we could do this. Are we going to have enough time for such and such? Are we going to run out of things to do? I think that was my main thing is I didn't want to run out of stuff. So we probably just right. threw all of these things in there. And, you know, when it came down to it, the main thing was to, you know, people just wanted to roll dice, maybe see some of the old artwork and, you know, have a Q&A session. And that's, really what a lot of it came down to and then in later years obviously it just became like we don't even have to play the game let's just hang out and watch yeah. japanese 
wrestling matches and stuff. Uh, but to get it started, you know, it was, we had to hype it, you know, enough to get some people to come. Cause it's, you know, a new thing. Most of us can't drive ourselves there or we mm-hmm. are, you know, still of an age where we're not 18 yet. Um, so I'm just looking at some of what Tom put in here for the, uh, things to do. Anybody ever take the Chautauqua Bell steamboat ride across the lake? Cause I never did that. I, I just came to Jamestown, did my thing and got in, got out pretty much. I never did. Yeah, it. I've, I've heard good things about it, honestly, but I, I never have done it. Mm-hmm. I never took that. I did go to this incredible ice cream place near there called Boxcar, Boxcar Williams. <laughs> Boxcar, <laughs> no, maybe that was a singer. Boxcar something. It was fabulous. I remember that one. I remember going downtown for wings and they had the, uh, the, the grades of the wings were Minnie Mouse, Mickey Mouse, Mighty Mouse, and Godzilla. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, that's right. At that time, I wasn't really in it. I think I only ever got to Mickey Mouse. I don't think I went up to Mighty. And I don't know if anybody got Godzilla, but, but that's not on the list here, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just trying to figure out what was going to be interesting and intriguing. I think the, the artwork for me, you know, if I had been, if I hadn't already seen some of it, I think I had seen a few things by this point. Certainly Dark Star Creature whenever I went up to uh, interview Tom that one time, and I probably saw Bad Dude also. Um, yeah, the, like making sure that we people were going to get their quote unquote money's worth since we did have to charge for it, <laughs> as opposed to the free experience we had hoped it would be. Yeah. No, I thought I, I thought it was I, the artwork was one of those things when the, that packet of artwork came out. I mean, that was phenomenal. There's the gaslight motor in that Tom gave the phone number to that I, Mike and Rob stayed at. <laughs> quite proudly so we're yeah. saving money over you hosers <laughs> and i think they stayed at the colony as well at some point okay i know the gaslight was their first year there yeah mm-hmm. i remember hearing it on the that uh video cassette because it says in there that we were gonna make a video which was made i don't know where my copy of it is uh but i do remember him saying you know it's it's so great the room your rooms are so small we got this huge room over there or something like that i just remember that being <laughs> There's a dead guy in the bathroom, but it, the, yeah. the bathroom the room is huge. But it's only for a double. It's $37. Oh, man. Oh, well, thank you, Tim, for that uh, great preview of, of things to come. All right. Well, Stu is going to talk about uh, another feature that's becoming popular in the last uh, in the last few months in the Super Porch, and that is the Club Galactica Dream Federation. Stu, what's going on in the Club Galactica Dream Federation? Well, I'm not quite sure, Corey. So, guys, refresh my memory because I have the memory of a gnat. Uh, were were these were stats actually made for promoters in this federation? Yes. Or was this just somebody booking it? Was this, okay, they were made. They were they yeah, stats, stats for, for these particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. You had to pay a dollar to All get right, in. Given, I mean, my God. Given that, how much? Yeah, I think it was a dollar. It was. It was cheap. It, it was dollar two dollars something. Like that. Yeah. That's big doings. All right. Well, we've had some cards in the uh, Dream Federation, the CGDF, and I'm going to read some select results, one of which uh, is really astounding for this particular crew. Uh, March 31st from the UIC Pavilion in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Here's some select results from this particular card. Um, A couple of tag team matches, the Headhunters, and I'm not really sure who the Headhunters are. 
that would probably help things. Um, well, anyway, they'll know who they are. They won by count out over the Cavaliers. And you don't know who the Cavaliers were either. So, I mean, it just really doesn't help you at all. It was in the last issue, but I can't remember <laughs> a couple of months ago. It's been a long There's time. Four guys who play the, the game who paid, played, paid a buck each. Yeah. Um, the, uh, one of our uh, friend of the show, an absolute fave, the major rager Axel Guest was a disqualification winner over the total package Martin Addison. So that obviously went to fisticuffs or some kind of tomfoolery. Death Trap and David Goliath Fisher were DQ winners against Magnum Force and Kirk Campbell, Kirk the Highlander Campbell. Uh, and then, well, let's do the semi-main event was Babyface David Barnes pinning Ravaging Randy Barning in a cage match. And in the main event, Myron X-Man Coleman down James the Bug work to keep his CGDF title. So Myron Coleman successfully defended the belt in that March 31st card. Uh, a good card, if I say so myself, although I'm still trying to figure out who the headhunters and the Cavaliers are. But the action really heated up in April on an April 7th card coming to you live from Pauley Pavilion, Los Angeles, California. And uh, we got some surprise results on this particular card. It was a real barn burner. It was led off uh, by the terrorists defeating uh, Thomas Keene, otherwise known as the Galactic Gremlin, and his teammate of Ravaging Randy Barney. The next match um, seems a little bit improbable. The maniacal Matt Dickendesher, it says demolished Crusher Chad Olson. Anybody have any memory of that, that particular incident? I'm... <laughs> You'd have to ask Chip Fletcher. He's the one who rolled the match, according to the results here. And, I, and I'm sure Matt would say it was just a complete squash. Absolutely yeah. a squash well, match. It does say demolished, so, you know. <laughs> I'm going to guess there was some, you know, outside interference or a brass knucks or something going on there. Undetected. Chad was a bug on the maniacal's windshield, apparently. Just crushed it. Poor Chad. We never knew you. Uh, Kirk, some other results from this particular card. Kirk, the Highlander Campbell, pin Mark, the Hitman Bane. Those pesky Cavaliers resurfaced again, and this time they dominated Silver Flash, not to be confused with Quarter Flash. And then in the main event, Myron X-Man Coleman once again retained his CGDF title by pinning James the Bug Work. Who I wait, this was a rematch apparently because uh, well, yeah, March, the March thirty first card. Yeah, they were doing the house show circuit here. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what was. Uh you know, going to work out in the, the pay-per-views. They, they were making the rounds. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely were. And if you like that matchup, just wait till the April 15th card, which came to you from the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Mark, it looks like you might have rolled this card out. Uh, I would say so. Some results from this particular card. The master, Michael Sale, beat Trevor the Bluegrass Kid Palmer. These nicknames are absolutely fabulous. Uh, the Mercenaries were DQ winners against the Headhunters, which we had previously seen on the March 31st card. Josh, the Iron Man Hansford, put away Bad Chad Rue, not to be confused with Crusher Chad Olson. There were two Chads out there. Our friend Axel Guest, the Major Rager, and he teams up with Thomas Galactic, Grim Galactic Gremlin Keen to win by DQ over Babyface David Barnes and David Goliath Fisher. So that was a star-studded tag team affair, if there ever was one. Cyanide ran over Death Trap. That's kind of like uh, Matt Dickendesher demolishing Crusher Chad Olson. 
And then in the main event, stop me if you've heard this one before, folks. Myron X-Man Coleman defeated James the Bug Work to keep, once again, the CGTF heavyweight title. Woo! Let's get rid of that feud, shall we? Or yes, they were working that out before the pay-per-view. Any comments on this star-studded uh, group of cards? As how how is James it, the Bug Work still the number one contender after this? After <laughs> well, this? No idea. As, as I'm looking at it, I'm wondering, I can't confirm or deny this. I feel like because the first card was Bob had rolled it, Chip rolled the second one, I rolled the third one. I'm wondering if it was more or less like a two out of three, whoever won two out of at least two out of those matches was going to be the champ. Um, now, he X-Man won all three of them, so it didn't really matter. But I'm, I'm starting to wonder if, if that was the reasoning like title defenses so that it wasn't just one of us deciding who mm -hmm. won the belt or you know if belts changed hands uh my my you know 30 some year later brain here that's the way i would do it now <laughs> so mm -hmm. could have been the way we did it then um i like on the one card we had two uh current listeners of the uncharted territory podcast teaming up and that was axel guest and thomas keen just had to throw that like plug that. in Let's there. Let's have a little yeah. reunion, guys. Let's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. One more go around. Yep. I just, I'm a little dubious of that Dick and Desher uh, character demolishing Chad. But like you said, Mark, I think some tomfoolery was uh, clearly in, in play at that point. Well, you know, moment. a rematch has to happen. Absolutely. We got to see it. We have to see that one. Well, and you could you could see from the, the notes on the bottom that, you know, uh, Matt Matt Dickendesher is, is a loner powerhouse, who's, and he's waging war coming up with Mad Mike Fluke. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, battle here. Loner loner powerhouse. That is, that is a fabulous description. Congrats Miss, on that. Man. Misspelled loser there. Actually, is that it? <laughs> Clearly, dag on in for an S. He'll get you every time. All right, Corey. Well, those were uh, some fabulous results. Uh, well, let me back up. Let me, if I may, Corey, let me just do the rankings, at least for the singles. Um, uh, our champion, as we well know, it has been well established. Myron X-Man Coleman, he is the champion. Number one is James the Bug Work. Number two, the major rager, Axel Guest, up from number three. So Axel is doing quite well in these rankings. Number three, down for number two, is Joel Conan Ainsworth. Number four, holding steady, babyface David Barnes. Number five, Kirk the Highlander Campbell, up two spots from number seven. Making his debut in the top ten, another one of those loner powerhouses, uh, Mad Mike Fluke, also making his debut in the top ten, uh, maniacal Matt Dickendisher. So congrats to you, Matt. You, you cracked the top ten at this juncture. Number eight, Again, making his debut, Josh, the Iron Man Hansford, number nine, David Goliath Fisher, and number 10, uh, down six spots, uh, is, but holding steady at number 10 and still staying in the top 10 is Thomas Galactin, Galactic Gremlin Keen. So, Corey, that concludes my report, unless anybody has some further observations on the CGDF. All right. Well done, Stu. Very, uh, you talked about fabulous results, and you did a fabulous job of reporting. All right, well, let's get into uh, the updated members uh, for this month. I went through the uh, renewed and the reinstated members, but we have some new members this month, a good, good size list here. Uh, we have Brian Casford from Princeton, Illinois, Tony Merrill from Lan Lanham, Maryland, Matt Sellers from Grand Rapids, Michigan, Steve uh, Beck 
Beckneth. I get my font is hard to read. Beck Beckwith. Beckwith with a W. Okay. Beckwith. Altoona. That's a little north. Yeah. 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 I yeah. know where that is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Drew Flynn from Lexington, Kentucky. Gregory Eaton from Waldorf, Maryland. Charles Sweet from Wellsville, New York. Ray Rivas from uh, Fort Irwin, California. Kevin Butcher from Columbus, Ohio. And John Race, a fellow Frostburg native. Uh, you, you put here, Mark, a disciple of your disciple. Yeah, he was uh, Doug's best friend because they lived in the same neighborhood and they were in okay. the same. I was a year ahead of them in school from uh, both of them. Uh, so, yeah, John was also a wrestling fan. And I guess Doug had him over one day and they kind of got into it. Uh, John didn't hang on to it as long as Doug did. And I don't think he ever came to a convention, but I, I did. We, we had a few, uh, uh, I guess probably at their house, uh, roll, dice rolling sessions together. I remember rolling dice with him. Cool. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. So you got a couple guys there. I mean, you know, between uh, Butcher and then Drew Flynn, who I believe he, I know he came to a convention because he broke the table in my, my hotel room. Uh, but I believe he wound up being a, a uh, Federation fanatic of the year, if I'm correct. Yep. He was that road. year at, at the convention that he broke yeah. the table. He was. Yeah. <laughs> voted FFOTY. That, that actually would have been spoiler alert. That would have been the second Galacticon because that's when I started bringing tapes and I think we did them in my room. Mm -hmm. Um so so I that that would have been the year I think that he made the the or that he was the uh, Federation fanatic of the year. Tim Tim were you charged for that table? I was not uh luckily. Okay. Yeah we were able to prop it up and make it look good but if any if you would have put down like a you know like a <laughs> bottle of like a cup of coffee or a bottle of pepsi or something it would have just gone right over <laughs> duct tape and super glue does wonders yeah oh all right any uh, memories of any of these other promoters mark uh of the new ones yeah uh gregory eaton i think he submitted a few things and ray rebus he was uh he was one of our uh deployed military folks oh. uh, so i remember yeah because it says he's what hhc 152 infantry mm -hmm. um so yeah he i don't know if he ever i feel like he might have submitted for ffotm at some point um those are the two that when i was looking at it i, I remember them the rest of them uh, no uh nothing stands out in my memory that doesn't mean that they didn't uh, submit around the galaxy results or rankings or anything at some point. But yeah, I know Greg, Greg Eaton and uh, the other ones that we already mentioned. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, in the, uh, from one corner of the galaxy article this month, we have a unique uh, feature. Tim's going to talk about from the self-professed on uh, true, true star of uncharted territory. Matt Dickendisher talks about the GWF prediction programs. Tim lead us on this electronic journey well i'll tell you you know this is when i i, I wish that uh, the matt was able to be on with us right now because i would have loved to ask him about this and how he kind of came up with this um but who the hell needs raw ratings when you have uh the prediction programming of matt dickendesher um basically what this was it was a and he he gave the uh the whole like program that you would go in and and, and write for this um it, uh, you know, uh, it, it simulates a best four out of seven fall match for wrestlers and tag teams. And, uh, you know, Mark, Mark made a note on the bottom that, that, uh, you know, here, he in, in here somewhere that, that, uh, he had put it together and it seemed to work. It, uh, works on IBM Tandy or compatible computers. I mean, by God, there you go. Get to radio shack now and go buy your uh, Tandy computer. Um, but uh, kind of a, you know, just a fun little thing. 
Um, it, it appeared based on the, the numbers that were in there, the top singles guys, according to Matt, were uh, Star Warrior, Thantos, Wolf, and Iron Man. And the top teams were the Starfighters, which was Star Warrior and Pulsar Prime, Animal Pack, the Satanic Cult, which was Thantos and Bishop Hell, I believe. And then it, way down at number four, the Ultimate Gladiators. So that was, there's some, there's some things to kind of scratch your head about, but uh, kind of a cool little program, you know, the, the I mean, kind of, kind of throw in there and just kind of see what happens. And I'm assuming it, it, each, each wrestler was assigned a value. I'm assuming that it would take that value and somehow then, you know, uh, come up with something random, randomly about who won, who lost that kind of thing. But, uh, but a pretty cool little, uh, little program, nice little, uh, thing to add in here and, uh, to, to kind of get out to the, the various, uh, readers and, uh, and promoters out there. The wonder he ever met a girl. Yes. Oh my. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, with skills <laughs> like that, it's, you know, you got to channel your energy somewhere, I guess. Yeah. I, I, you know, and you, I, I mean, they're, they're looking all over the place now for people that can program in basics. So, I mean, it's right. a, that's a, that's yeah. a skill. All right. Yep. It is. It is. Oh, he was ahead of his time. He was. <laughs> Whatever happened to Tandy computers anyway? Followed up by. I didn't have one, but I, I remember them. I thought you were going to ask whatever happened to Matt Dickendesher. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's where he was going to. <laughs> Crusher oh. Chad came back and squashed him in the rematch. <laughs> we never, never saw him again. again. Loser leave town. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, thank you very much, Jim, for that uh, educational uh, uh, experience. <laughs> Trip down nerd lane there. <laughs> there, there you go. Well, Stu's going to highlight uh, a, a feature that's been in the issues before. I don't think it's been called by this name, but it's the matchmakers and it's uh, some new specialty matches that uh, promoters have sent in. So, so Stu, give us an overview. Give us an overview of uh, the matchmakers and the matches featured this month. I will, Corey, although sadly there are no scaffold uh, battle royals in this particular list, but we've got some good entries and I, I'm not going to go through the matches in specific, but just kind of give an overview of each one. And in this particular uh, issue, we had, I believe, three uh, promoters entering their matches for, for a total of four matches. David Barnes gave us the Tower Dome match rules, uh, where basically, I, I do remember this. I remember people talking about this. You were, you were wrestling in a, a, a dome or some kind of structure that had 12 levels or 12 stories to it. And uh, you had all kinds of tomfoolery and chicanery happening during the match itself and probably could lend itself to a very long match. Did anybody use this particular match? I remember hearing about it. I don't recall it, but yeah, it, it definitely does. A minimum of 12 levels. That wouldn't have scared me away back in the day. I mean, I created Castle Cosmos, all that kind of stuff. 12 levels, yeah. No problem. I had maybe I that's what I'm thinking about is the Castle Cosmos. Yeah, that's, that's a fun similar. weekend right there. Right, yeah. <laughs> Talk about Nerd Central. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'll see you on Monday. Yeah. Um, the next no two matches. Were, yeah, the next two matches were brought to us by promoter Jerry Miller. Um, he gave us the Aetherin Ultimate Chain Chain Match, uh, which looks pretty darn brutal. Um, in which you uh, have several options to use the chain, um, to, uh, one of which can lead to a pin, but most of which are just invoking all kinds of uh, damage to your opponent. 
looks like a lot of fun for fans of Aetherans and non-Aetherans alike. The alligator pit match uh, Jerry Miller brought to us as well. Uh, he said that Splatter introduced this match to the GWF. The outside of the ring is surrounded with two feet of water with five alligators somewhere in it. So it's all they could stuff. afford. It's, the budget was five alligators. It's like, you know, <laughs> there's no more than five. It couldn't go any higher. No. <laughs> well, well said, Tim. Uh, and and you obviously uh, you didn't want to go outside of that ring, brother, because you ran into those pesky alligators and goodness knows they were going to do some damage to you. So You're that, all at 12. That, all five alligators take a bite. Roll your pin plus three. I mean, <laughs> plus three. Don't roll box cars. <laughs> I mean, you know, your, your leg is missing, but, you know, you can still kick out if you if you if you roll high. You get those shoulders up. <laughs> it does say above that Jerry Miller was a 12 year old new Galactican. So this does seem like a match that a 12 year old boy would write. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Good point. Well said. Uh, the final match brought to us, which is uh, not for the faint of heart is by Myron X Coleman, current CGDF champion, Myron X Coleman. I might add uh, fresh off of three wins over James, the bug work. He brought us the Armageddon match, uh, which is absolutely brutal. Uh, it's, he says, in fact, in his write-up, two guys or teams want to hurt, hurt each other badly. This match will settle things once and for all. The combatants are locked into an electrified enclosed cage, and inside is a 10-foot-long electro chain that gives off a 50-volt charge when it is snapped, whirled, twirled, tightened, or hung from the cage. But otherwise, it is harmless and guaranteed not to snag or break. Which is very important when you're buying your electrified ropes. That's it. It's like Ron Popeil <laughs> would tell you. Exactly. <laughs> guaranteed not to. Yeah. <laughs> it will do all the torture that you want, but it won't break, folks. It won't break <laughs> or snag. <laughs> Watch as I whip this helpless man for three hours straight. Look at this. Look at the electrified rope. It is still in great shape. <laughs> It didn't, it didn't break. You've beaten this person for three days straight, and the rope is still fantastic. It's like, but wait, there's more. Order in the next yeah. ten minutes, <laughs> and we'll ship you one for we'll ship you one for free. Yeah, yeah, free free shipping, and and order now because the supply chains we may not be able to make any more of these. <laughs> Or when the police catch up with us. Yeah. Military-grade torture device. Yeah. This, that should be illegal. Uh, the Armageddon, uh, there's a special chart that he that Myron came up with that really take things over the top as if they weren't already. And option number 12 is my personal fave. You tie the chain between the ropes and the cage. You crotch the opponent on the chain and ram his head into the cage. Add two to the opponent's pin rating, add one to the opponent's agility rating, and opponent rolls pin, if not death. If not death is my Re addition. Remove his ability to create further children. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. And roll pin. Yeah. <laughs> that match is going to be a feud ender. I'm just going to go out there on a limb and say, that's a blow off. <laughs> Ooh, Corey saved me after that one. That's all I got. Oh, you, they, they, you, that was a great job, Stu. Who wouldn't want an electrified rope? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, another regular and popular feature in these uh, super reports is the Federation Fanatic of the Month. 
Uh, this month we have Kevin uh, Cheddar. Cheddar. Yeah, I think you just ignore the TS on that, probably. Okay. That's okay. A German. Yeah. Thing. Okay. Uh, and he hails from uh, Suris, Manitoba, Canada. Uh, we have a nice, uh, nice photo sent in by Kevin. Uh, he had some very uh, flowing hair from the appearance yeah. from the appearance of it. And very, very '80s wrestler looking. Very '80s wrestler looking. Yep. Yeah. And very, very jealous. Yeah. Um, but he talks a little bit about his federation. Uh, I won't read through everything. You promoters can do that. But uh, talks about some, you know, favorite wrestler, most dominant wrestler, and favorite tag team, and some interesting things he's done with his league. He talks about uh, Earthquake turned on Massive and his team with the Bounty Hunters, the Game Hunters. Interesting combination there. Um, also had Mesmer turn on the FDF and is the Overlord's Royal Sorcerer. Um, another turn, apparently Kevin likes his turn. Sweet thing left Vanity for Massive and now manages the FDF. I would have never thought of that combination in a thousand years. Uh, the Cosmic Forces left Doomsayer after he badmouthed them. <laughs> How do you badmouth the Cosmic Forces? <laughs> You're so positive. You're so negative. Um <laughs> Oh, that'll do it <laughs> sorry promoters <laughs> sometimes uh, the jokes write themselves they, exactly. they really do yep yep um and so they're they're now with the galactic enforcers and they're managed by omega again a pairing i, I never would have thought uh Kraken has joined darkos's masked assassins replacing death mask who left the assassins and joined the galactic rebels to oppose the enforcers so just a lot of a lot of flip-flopping here and you know that's that makes sense given a you know, uh, you got to keep things fresh in your federation. Um, Mark, do you have any memories of Kevin? Um, beyond this, I, honestly, not really. I mean, I do remember his name. Uh, I wouldn't have remembered that he was an FFOTM. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he definitely like, you know, by the time he got done, everybody was going to be, you know, who was a face was going to be a heel and vice versa, the way that he was going with this. Um, but it looks like from his entry, he was, he was a worthy addition to the, uh, the Pantheon, uh, the, the, the plaques in the, you know, the, the, the hall of fame wing, whatever you want to call right. it. Right. Right. <laughs> With Hills. hair like that. I mean, yeah. I, I was going to say, I'd kill <laughs> yeah. to have his hair now. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> well, Tim's going to uh, talk about another one of the, uh, popular features, the results from promoter, the promoters themselves. And that's around the galaxy. Tim, tell us what's going on in the ring. Thanks, Corey. Well, we got a couple uh, a couple reports here this month. We've got one from Glenn Goodwin from Baltimore, Maryland, the Battle of the Stars. Um, some good action on, on that show. Main event saw uh, Massive use a headbutt to retain the GWF title over Wolf. And he also had an Aetherin Ultimate Escape match that saw Star Warrior, Mesmer, Earthquake, and Omega defeat a combination from the Royal Court that I thought was uh, pretty, pretty good. And then the second one we've got is Gary Williams from Milwaukee, the Iron Man Ultimate Challenge. I think the, this Iron Man thing kind of became a, a, a popular uh, event to run after that Starcade. Um, but these were, uh, it looks like randomly chosen teams uh, because a lot of the guys, I, and I don't know what his federation was like, but I'm just guessing based on the, the lineups, it looks like the randomly chosen teams of three and then those three are matched up with other teams members in singles bouts um, throughout uh, 10 different stages of, of this event. And um, it, it's kind of cool because you can kind of go through and you can kind of, you know, look through all the different stages. Um, and then it's got the, the final standings at the bottom. Um, and 
the uh, the team of Star Warrior, Kraken, and Splatter wound up winning with the team of Thantos, Battering Ram, and Proteus is the runners up. Um, unfortunately, in in uh, place number eight, the last spot was Iron Man, Actagon, and a bootleg card called the Professor. So uh, obviously, the bootleg cards for Gilligan and Marianne did not uh, did not make this event. So. Um, but that's the, uh, those are the two shows that were highlighted in, in this month's promoter or this month's, uh, I'm sorry, super report. I'm getting ahead of myself. Once again, I think this happened the last time the fire whistle outside of my window is going off. So <laughs> we'll have to compete with that here. If you want my commentary on anything, <laughs> the joys of rural living. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> It's literally on the other side of this wall. <laughs> um, no, no worries here. Uh, what was that? There was some, oh yeah, I just looked up where uh, Pinewood Drive in Baltimore is because Baltimore is one of those towns that they have like everything that is a potential suburb of Baltimore is called Baltimore for zip code purposes. This guy was living in Dundalk and I don't know if anybody knows uh, Baltimore, but Dundalk is the, the area that, well, the Baltimore accent, you're definitely going to get some at down there, hon. Um, but it's not the particular area that you want to go to for a vacation. I'll just put it that way. Um, not that that's where The Wire or anything was, was filmed, but um, not a great area of town. Um, so I hope Glenn Goodwin has been able to get out of there at some point. Um, yeah, I like the, the whole Iron Man uh, challenge. That's... Uh, this was a different take on it that you had these, you know, randomly placed teams yeah. um, that, you know, you could have had some, you know, really good ones with some, you know, not so great ones, which, you know, you look at them, they're kind of that way. Massive and the cosmic forces wound up on the same group. Right. So matter and antimatter, just, I guess, by luck of the draw, just happened to get together. Thank you, Tim. Uh, and you can uh, read those results in detail promoters. Um, and there's other features in here as well, of course, uh, we have uh, Brian Barrow's uh, Battle Zone column. Kind of he talks about a little bit of a change coming to the Battle Zone. Uh, the article Cosmic Changes by Dave Simonek with kind of a little, I don't know, I guess a history of the game up till this point. Kind of a fun little article. There's a nice profile on the Cosmic Forces and Doomsayer. Sprinkled throughout the issue is uh, some more um, suggestions for uh, actors to play in a Champions of the Galaxy movie if there, if there ever were one. Um, also kind of noticeable, um, I don't see a GWF history piece in this one. Mark, do you recall, like, did you do any more after this or? Uh, well, there was an, it was a packed full issue. Um, yeah. I don't think this was the end of it, but okay. uh, you never know. Uh, I think just with war games and the convention all coming together, like it was just, that would really was where the focus needed to be, I guess. Sure. And I, so. and I will say, you know, if you're, if you're looking for something like that, I think the, uh, the, the, kind of the portrait of the cosmic forces by Earl Goodman's a nice read. So promoters, you can uh, read along with us, the May 1990 club Galactica super report issue through the link that we'll put in the uh, podcast podcast notes for this episode, episode 120. Um, it's also, it'll be in our uh, shared Google drive that we have uh, for all of our uncharted territory podcast uh, materials. So you can uh, go, go either route and uh, read this great issue. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our portion of the show tonight. But as I said, uh, coming up after we wrap up here, uh, you'll hear uh, the, the reunion between Crusher Chad Olson and Maniacal Matt Dickendisher. 
uh, they were going to talk about this issue as well. Uh, just schedule wise, they were able to get together and they were they were able to work out a, a peace treaty of sorts. So uh, you can you can see how how that goes, promoters. Uh, that that has not happened yet as we are recording. Uh, so nobody knows what's what's going to happen when these two uh, uh, join together once again. But let's get into shout outs from this group for this week. Uh, Mark, any shout outs? Uh, shout out, I'm sure, to the second coming of the, the fire whistle while I'm talking here because they always seem to have a second one. So if that happens, I apologize. Uh, I sort of hinted at this uh, several months ago. There it is, right on time. Um, I hinted at this about, uh, I don't know, three episodes ago that I was on, at least. Um, and I wasn't allowed to say anything because there wasn't official word about it yet. But my younger son, Trevor, who is a competitive youth bowler, you know, he does pretty well on the circuit. Uh, back in August, uh, and now it was made official here in February, he uh, has officially signed uh, a youth development contract with Storm Bowling, which is one of the major bowling companies. So he is on there, what they call their evolution staff. Fantastic. Uh, there are only, I think, 20 uh, youth bowlers, uh, male and female, across the country who are part of this program. And the way that they get in is not just from their uh, performance, uh, but it's also from doing things like uh, community service and representing the brand, uh, social media shout outs, things like that. Um, so this was a this is something that he has been working toward for a long time. And uh, I hope that uh, this is just the first step for him to become, you know, uh, whenever he goes pro as he wants to someday he's 17 now he'll be 18 in September so uh, he could go pro at any point and that is kind of his plan so he really wants to stay with this company because they've treated him very well uh, so that was my big news you know we're really proud of him for doing that uh, he just placed fourth at a tournament uh, recently and the week before that he actually took a shot at uh, bowling against the the main field at the uh, pro bowlers U.S. Open and they're uh, they call it a PTQ uh the uh, pre-tournament qualifier. Uh, so you have to be, I think, in the top. Well, they had a little over 100 people. I think they took 21 out of that. Um, so he wasn't in the top 21, but he did hold his own against some of these guys who, I mean, two of the guys that came through the PTQ wound up making the TV show um, that uh, where they were in the top nine seats. So they, they're not just like schlubs out there that he was pulling against. The guy that he was uh, crossing with on the lanes with him was wound up being the number two seat. Wow. So, yeah, so he, he really, you know, he, he had a couple bad games that kind of brought him down, but, you know, he averaged, you know, close, it was like 190 something on the, on the week. So, you know, not bad. You know, I'm, I'm proud of him. He and uh, a few other friends, youth bowler friends of his were, were there. Um, so that's, yeah, kind of his, his big news. Um, and catch him at a, a storm youth championships near you. He's going to be going all over the country. I think next week is uh, Vegas. He'll be in Vegas wow. next week. Baton Rouge in March. Uh, what's April? I'm trying New York, I think, in April, oh, New York wow. City. So yeah, I mean, he goes all That's over the awesome. place. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's he's trying to, yeah, trying to get his name out there. And then uh, not to leave my other son out, Nathan, uh, he's not competitive at athlete or competitive at anything really, but uh, he turns 21 here in a couple of weeks. So I'm gonna mm. have you know official, like real adult and and never met a person who wanted to drink on his 21st birthday less than Nathan. Um, so he couldn't, couldn't care less, but uh, yeah, that's, that's what's going on here. I would like to shout out uh, the rest of the crew who's been on the zoom call tonight or two for making it civilized without Matt being around. 
Um, although I, I do still miss Chad, but uh, you know, it was it was nice to have that reprieve and just you know come here with the the adults in the room. Uh, that's all I got. Or the highbrow think... crowd. Yeah, the highbrow <laughs> crowd. The fire whistle's not going off anymore, so uh, I guess I'll wait and see if it goes off a third time, but hopefully not. Anyway, thanks, guys. Always yeah. good to be here. Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. And we, we apologize for that uh, unwanted interruption by Matt, you know, through the show, but you know, you just can't, you can't trust him. He's get, he has the zoom link and technology, you know, he can just kind of hijack us when he feels like it. Just walking in the room and farting and leaving, you know, that's really what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Who of us hasn't of done that? <laughs> right. Really just farted in the elevator, got off at the <laughs> next floor. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Mark, for that that great image. Tim, what shout outs do you have for us this week? Well, first of all, I hope, you know, Mark Mark's house isn't burning down or anything. I mean, I think that would be uh that would that would be a very uh that'd be bad karma for the, the podcast. I'm not sure I would know. It's kind of like I'm up <laughs> in the corner here. I wouldn't know if something was happening in the kitchen. <laughs> They'd all be gone. They wouldn't yeah, even let you they wouldn't even I call no you. No nope. <laughs> They just get out of the house. Yeah. Um but but I, I I got nothing this week. Uh, you know I uh, hope everybody is doing well, and I'd like to thank everybody for for listening and 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 downloading and staying with us here for 120 episodes. Holy cow, that just seems like a lot. Um, it only feels like 119 though. So I mean you know it's it's been a ride. Um, but uh, you know thanks for listening, and we'll be back again with 121 next week. Thank you, Tim. Stu, shout outs. Tim, that's 119 more episodes than I thought we'd get. So that's uh, that's pretty good. And uh, my my shout out is uh, it's really, and I know you probably get tired of us saying this, but I look at the first Galacticon happening in 1990, and 33 years later, if I can do my math correctly, they're still having them. They're gonna get they're gonna gather once again. So Mark, you you definitely created something that lasts. Oh, look at that! Uh, Tim is holding up. Pictures the, of Galacticon 1990. This is the super report from that covered the Galact the first Galacticon. Is that a female playing the game? No, <laughs> no, that's Mike Delve. That's Mike. <laughs> Ever, everybody easily confused. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs> you're you're not really. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, it's, a, it's, know, it's a nice one. It goes through the whole. Uh, you know. I mean, most of almost the whole issue is pretty much devoted, or at least half the issue is devoted to uh, covering Galactican. That's awesome. We'll I, get there eventually. We will. I'm looking forward to that. I and these episodes are generally some of my favorites. I mean, I, I love doing this every week. I've often said to the guys, "This is my weekly poker game," but I really do enjoy getting together and looking back at this point in the uh, game's evolution because I wasn't around for it and. Mark, all kudos to you for creating something. You know, not many things last in this life, but this is something that certainly has for 33 years and people are still gathering and it's more of a gathering of friends than anything else. And with that, Corey, I will say good night, Denmark, and hand it back to you. Thank you, Stu. Uh, I want to give some attention to other members of the Phil Singer Games community who put out some material for you on a regular basis. Of course, we have Sam, Mike, and Todd over at Roll Up, the official podcast of Phil Singer Games. Uh, their most recent episode highlights the Filsinger Games Perennial and I believe airs the audio of James Beard's interview. So if you weren't there for that, you can check that out. I still need to take a listen to that. I'm really, really excited to listen to James Beard once again. 
Uh, of course, Grant Pachoco at the Solo Promoter YouTube channel, putting out regular content, uh, his own matches, and just some other great tips for the game on a regular basis. So thank you, Grant. We have Steve Tower at After Further Review on YouTube, Dave Little at Heartland Championship Wrestling, Lee Longpree in the Dizzy Dice Podcast, Brock Atkinson at Brockster Builds, as well as Brock and Mike's Filsinger Games Character Spotlight. And I am happy to report that as of this recording, Uncharted Territory has a new country listening to us. And that country is Egypt. Yes, Egypt. Was Dick and Desher there? That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering who traveled there. Zeke or, or Matt or yeah, I don't know. I don't know who went there, but somebody listened to us in Egypt. So we thank you. We thank you. I don't, I'm not going to try any Egyptian, but, uh, but thank you very much for, for listening and uh, choosing us over other things. Of which there are many. Of which there are many. <laughs> yeah. Choosing us over anything. Yes. Would be yes. A positive. Yes. By the way, I know it's not my house on fire because I just heard the sirens go by down the street. So oh, good. Okay, not, good. Not, not here. I'm all good. Okay. Breaking news pr- promoters. Mark is safe. Mark's house is safe. So good. Good to hear. And everybody's probably thinking, oh, good. We get to hear the story on the next issue. They're not worried about Mark's Mark's family or anything like that. They're just saying, you know, I want to I want to hear about the next issue. Oh, I got to hear more about Galacticon 90. Yeah, we want to, we've got to hear more about the super report. Oh, man. But, well, thank you all for joining us, and uh, stay tuned. We're not done with this episode yet. We are done, but you're going to hear the reuniting of Chad and Matt. Hello, everyone, and welcome to part two of episode 120 of the Uncharted Territory podcast. My name is Chad Olson. Coming to you tonight from Gilbert, Iowa. I just got back from Washington, D.C. and got to see uh, quite a quite a few interesting things. I was just telling the fellows about uh, a robbery down the street at the CVS from the hotel I was staying at. And I was staying in a nice hotel, mind you. Um, but there was still a robbery. So hopefully everybody at the CVS on uh, 17th and H Avenue whereabouts are doing okay tonight. Because it was a little rough Monday night. Um, it's cold here. We're about to get some sleet overnight. That's that's the story of weather here. So tonight we have Tim Dalton here to officiate, remediate, not replicate. Um, stay stay in your own corners until the bell, boys. Yep the 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 feud that was started in May 1990 in the Club Galactica Dream <laughs> Federation between me and Matt Dickendesher finally comes to an end tonight. I will admit. That on April 7th, 1990, at the Pauley Pavilion in Los Angeles, California, that Matt Dickendesher was a better man than I. But now I am declaring us the stars of the Uncharted Territory podcast and the tag team champions of the Uncharted Territory podcast. So from this point forward, the hatchet is buried. Matt? We went from a squash match, uh, went from a squash match to a top-tier tag team. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's never... You're never too old. It's never gone enough time gone by to heal wounds and march forward. So all this other smack talk is put behind us. So Matt can get back to his normal feud with Mark Ashby. It was a little side feud that he had. And I will be just an uh, interested observer like I always have been. So Matt, what's it like in in your area today in Michigan? just over the freezing point. It was probably, you know, lower 40s today. We're about 35 right now. I don't know. It'd be nice to see some more winter weather coming, but it's 
looks like a little mild week, maybe some rain, maybe the freezing rain that you're sending our way. But right now we're hovering at about 35 degrees and looking pretty standard for the next uh, a few hours. We might hit 50 tomorrow, but yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just winter. Mm. This means it just means mud. Exactly. Oh, muddy paws, muddy dog paws. That's the worst part. <laughs> yep, yep. I keep a beach towel by our porch so my dogs cannot run in past me. April, also. my my oldest dog, she's good. She, but Cooper's like a bull in the china shop, and he just tries to run in, and sometimes takes a header into the door because he's not very smart. So tonight we're going to give our. Did you name that dog them. Mark by any chance? No, I did not. His name is Cooper. Cooper. They come with the names from the. Uh, from the shelter. And and I, I will say Cooper has a big head, so taking a header into the door is probably worse for the door. Oh yeah. He, yeah. Emily says he has a head full of pudding. So. <laughs> um so tonight we're gonna take a little condensed view at the Club Galactica Super Report that was reviewed last night. I listened to what the, the fellers had to say and I have a few things written down, but we're just gonna kinda wing it and go through what uh our our views were of the uh the issue at the time. I know uh, Tim has uh, some questions he wants to ask Matt about the uh, the program he wrote. I think it was I think it was called DefCon Five, as I recall. Um, and so we'll we'll get to those in a minute. But first, we're going to start with the uh, ad for War Games 2091 and Tom's Tom's column talking about the new new wrestlers. And I mean, this was this was huge getting this you know nicely printed. So they, the flyer that they used, it was, you know, used for the cover art and used for the, the second and third pages. Um, holy oh, shit, another, we got another a run potential in. run in here. It's the grand heavyweight champion of eggnog himself. Stuart Lowry is joining us. I just thought I'd do a little brief run in to uh, answer Matt's run in last night. Very good. Well, you missed it, Stu. Matt and I, we buried the hatchet. You've patched things we, up? We have. We're now we're the Uncharted Territory Podcast Tag Team Champions. All right, but we're we're starting to look at the uh the flyer from War Games 2091, Stu. Man, you just never know who's gonna show up in this podcast. You don't. So Matt, what Don't did you think of these in. guys at the time? Oh, I mean mayhem. I mean, that's just yeah. I, you have to go farther. I mean, that was just a, a legendary character. This the art, the I mean, not knowing the stats at the time, but just the, the art catches you right there. And then the opposite of mayhem in the ad is justice. You know, the ultimate bad versus the ultimate good. I mean, yep. you've got just two top guys for me for quite some time. Justice, I mean, again, getting ahead of ourselves, didn't become a top guy for me until the, the turn to the dark side. But still, that's just a couple of, of big characters right off the bat. And, you know, uh, reading through it with the Galactic Cops and, you know, the was just the um, just count Necros in there too. Yeah, added to yep. the roster. I mean, it was he was intriguing uh, to me at the time. He didn't end up doing a whole lot for me, but it was an intriguing character. So yep. I just thought it was really cool. I mean, not even getting into the Matador, who's like a Hall of Famer, you know, in, in my head, but just it was a very exciting uh, addition to come out uh, at the time. Yeah, and you know, if you look at the front cover, we had Whiplash and Matador, and I loved that Whiplash drawing. And, you know, it said in the teaser that the Mass Assassins lost a member, but don't worry, Darkos is introducing Whiplash, the GWF. 
I did not make the connection that it was, you know, it didn't occur to me that it might have been one of the already existing guys and that he was remodeling him, all the guys like he did with the death mask. Um, so it did not cross my mind that that would be Executioner, but I loved it. And I, I love that character. Um, and I agree with you 100% on Matador. I mean, all the artwork that was shown in this, the five pictures that were shown, super cool. I agree, Mayhem looked awesome. You know, all the talk about Spike switching to the uh, good guy side and joining the Defenders of the Galaxy, uh, the Galactic Cops, all the mention of uh, Leap of Doom being the most dangerous finisher in the GWF history. Uh, Justice's finish, Shocker Probation, the Mega Destroyer, a lot of cool memories here. And I remember being super excited about this. Yeah, May Mayhem actually just debuted in my 2090 Fed because I'm bringing a few of the 2091 guys in a little bit early. And mm -hmm. he just and, and hit a I, I, he fought uh, Billy Joe Boxer in his first match and hit a plus five leap of doom for the win. Very good. Love Very that. good. So, you know, that that brings up a good question because you are sprinkling the guys in. Um, when you first played, um, you know, Matt, when you played your Fed, um, which, you know, you're still in your original Fed. Did you dump all the guys in at once and have them all show up on like a big show or did you kind of sprinkle them in? I generally dumped them all in at once over, you know, a card or two. I mean, nowadays, mm -hmm. you know, with the perennial, I dump most of the new guys in on the first show. But at the time, I think I, over the first one, two, three shows, they were all in. I mm -hmm. didn't like wait. I don't remember what I did with 2088 or 2089. I know, I remember 2090, I had like a big year end show because that one came out at the end of the year. So I, I think I dumped them all in there, especially with all the revisions. Um, and I dumped them in probably the next few sets, but maybe around the, the Snelly sets or so, I started kind of sprinkling them in to stretch out their debuts and make it a little more realistic. I know one thing I did at the time, I stayed in the 100 year uh, in the future timeline. Yep. So even though it was yep. 2091, it was 2089 or whatever it was for me. Yeah, same, yep. same for me. Me too. And me I too. did that in, until it got too confusing about 21 whatever, and then I kind of got like a <laughs> a six year stretch where nobody knew came in. I just kind of, you know, got myself to that stage where I was back on the, the, the correct COTG timeline, but. Okay. Interesting. So it did make for kind of a cluster in the, for a while in my fed, but oh well. Well, I think when you went to two sets a year though, it helped because you were getting new guys and revisions. So if you were doing one year, what I'm going to try to say, if you did the hundred years plus thing, then it gave you a full calendar year to bring in those. You know what I mean? You'd have more contenders yeah. for your rookie of the year and yep. stuff. And Absolutely. Like that. So, um, but you know, so I guess if I was playing now, I'd probably have it at uh, 21, 23. So I, I, I would still be behind as always. I was current for a while for a few years, but anyways, uh, nine new wrestlers that'll blow you away. Mayhem's finishers will put all the other finishers to shame. Spike is better than before. Uh, da, 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 da. Matador MAV3, biggest free agent in GWF history. Wait till you hear who he joined forces with and who he turned down. Who did he turn down? Oh, Darkos. That was it. All right. So, yeah, and the, we got the War Games group concept. Should be cause for discussion amongst promoters. And the Battle Zone match, which I know that you guys touched on last night. And two new belts for the GWF. Did you guys ever bring in the War Games titles? I feel like we talked about this before, but I apologize if we're repeating ourselves. I did not. I didn't either. 
I didn't either. I Still? might have dabbled with it, but it was short-lived. <laughs> so while we love the sets, and I know last night it was said, yeah, this is absolutely one of my favorite sets. Me too. Such yep, high def guy. Definitely look at the names. It's got to be right up there toward the top. Yeah, yeah. So many guys who just were uh, so important to so many storylines, you know, and guy, you know, like Lance Atlas still involved in the in the Centra sets today, you know, lots of guys there. Dark Justice, who had a, a Justice game, Dark Justice, and had a, a legacy down the road. Mayhem, I mean, so many good guys. Matador, who, you know, one of the only guys who never got a second card. Yeah. And, and I know and, Whiplash for me was huge because once mm -hmm. once they set up that tag team with Darkos, when Darkos got his card, I yep. mean, Assassin Empire was just unstoppable for me. Yeah, yeah, they were huge for you. So Whiplash was a big deal for me. I was, I was I, trying to remember, was Whiplash an upgrade? Executioner, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, with the stats and upgrade over Executioners, I couldn't remember. He had the big bit. level one offense where yeah. I, I, yeah. he had the backside beheading on like five, number five and six. It was a level three move to kick it off. Okay. Plus his, his you know, executioner level one was so shitty because didn't he have three agility reversals and terrible agility? Yeah, he did. He was a plus three agility and he had three ag reversals on level one. So, I mean, it was almost impossible to, if he could, if he could get to level two, level three, he was, he was strong, but level one killed yeah. him. Yeah. I kept Whiplash and Deathmatch together as a tag team, and they did well, um, you know, because they had a couple of big finishers there. So, all right. So next, we're moving along to the Galacticon update. And I listened to last night's, and yes, no one can recall Tom's special surprise. It was not a new wrestler. It was not a new handbook or chart. Um, maybe it was Leslie's Brownies. It could be. Could be, because we did go picnic there. But um, yeah, I don't. Steve Minskoff had Akuma the Ninja. That was a surprise. He did. That was a big <laughs> surprise. Maybe Steve was the surprise. I don't know. Oh my God, he he, he should have jumped out of a box like a dude. In the future. <laughs> and yeah, I I remember picking up those belts. Uh, Kirk Campbell's double teaming finisher guide and that artwork packet was awesome. Um, and I did pick up some of the the Brute Massacre cards. So. Anybody looking to pick up one on the black market, let me know. I might still have it set. Well, did Tom send them out to people that weren't there? Because he sent them to me. Yeah, I think there, I think, wasn't there a blurb, a, a issue or two ago? Yeah, I, there was. So if you originally ordered it, you would have had these versions, and then he got you the updated ones. Mark Ashby, a no-show on that concert. Uh, let's see. Yes, we have all the information about the different hotels. Thank God we stayed at the Holiday Inn. Um, and no, no, I don't know who was that used to who asked last night. I never took a ride on the Chautauqua Bell. <laughs> no, what? I don't think it was me. Some somebody asked about that. So yeah, and like I said, I have heard very nice things about it. I hear it's 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 beautiful, but um, never did it. So is that like by where, by Lake Bemis, where we were, Bemis Point or whatever? Um, I think, I, I almost think it would have to be, I mean, because that's Chautauqua Lake right there. Uh -huh. um, uh, so yeah, it would have to be there. Um, but yeah, I've heard it's really cool. I heard it's a really neat uh, kind of an experience, you know, but, uh, but yeah, never have done it. And then uh, Matt, you were not at the first Galacticon, correct? I was not. You were like eight. I wish. Yeah, I wish. 
Um, but then we have the Club Galactic and Dream Federation. And like I said earlier, that night on April 7th in LA, Matt Dickendesher did did beat Crusher Chad. I think I was also in the Headhunters tag team. So it looks like I also lost against the Mercenaries by disqualification in Atlanta. So I was not having a great month. But Nobody ever accused you of being a winner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, well, we won by count out over the Cavaliers, whoever they were. So we were trying to figure other... out who the headhunters were last night. So you think it being was a part me, of it. I think it was me know. and Dave Simonak, maybe. And we were allied with, we were allied with Major Rager. I mean, we could go back and listen to last month to prep for this, but that's not really our style. Did you have any other matches that month? It, nothing that shows up here, but it does say selected results. So, oh, yeah, that's true. I, mean, I, I realize beating a nobody is good enough to get to number seven on the, the rankings, but I thought y'all had patched things up. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you, you, you can tell that before the other part, then you can tell Rome, the love in the room. <laughs> room Rome wasn't built in a day, it'll take a little bit. At least we're in the same podcast right now. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you're a Russell. Baby steps, everybody. Baby steps. Like, like you know, sometimes they'll put a, a a schlub in the ring with a tag specialist to make them look better and get a bit of a push. So, you were ranked number seven, but I was ranked number two. All right. Well, that that's all that's going on for the uh, Club Galactic Dream Federation. You'll have to read all the results for yourself because there's definitely a lot of. A lot of what do I want to say? Developments written out here. There, there's a lot of Myron Coleman in there. Yeah, I wonder there if there's a hidden results somewhere. The the full results residing in oh my gosh. somebody's box somewhere. Somebody has to have all those. Mark Mark needs to have. We need to have those drawn out. Then we can put out the true history of the club, the Galactica Dream Federation. <laughs> Did y'all make yes, your own Stuart. stats and, and submitted your own cards? Is that correct or? Um, yeah, there was like a roll and. I think like, Mark, Mark and Bob kind of, yeah. yeah, I think Mark and Bob kind of, you, you submitted like moves that you wanted to have on your card, but then I think Mark and Bob kind of rolled dice to come up with, you know, what level moves they were and things like right. that. Um, and how strong your finisher was and, and um, like defensive reversals and stuff. Yeah. Because um, I, I think I put down that I wanted I wanted to have like double zero finishers. And Mark's like, "Wow, we can't do that, you know. We got to roll." And I end up with a zero plus one Galactic Punisher style <laughs> finisher. So I was happy. So I, I think I have the Lariat and the Pile Driver, keeping it simple. Yeah, I don't okay. I don't remember. I think I had I, I think I had a good pin and a, and a good finisher, but other than that, I don't think my card was very good. Yeah, I've oh. got the card somewhere. I'd have to pull it out, but yeah. That would involve being prepared. Yeah, that would involve me digging. God forbid, stuff. let's not do that. Okay, so then we have Madonna stars. More, uh, you know, we have, we have cosmic forces talk. We have the cosmic changes. We have a lot of cosmic talk right now. We have the membership list. You know, I see Brian Vanderwall was renewed. I see Kevin Butcher's on there. Drew Flynn. There's some names that I recognize do you recognize any of the other names on these this membership list oh mark bain uh, he's is he still around i think so yeah he's on the boards yeah he's on the boards uh drew flynn i recognize i don't know if he's still around but mm -hmm. that name was big for a while the rest mm -hmm. mm, i don't think so 
And, and Drew Flynn last night, you guys talked about him breaking the table in Tim's room. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, we so just goes to show fans Galacticon. Uh, we invented hardcore wrestling. Um, and that was just amazing because it was this circular table on a pedestal, and yep. that thing just freaking shot up. <laughs> He sat down on one one corner of it and it just flipped immediately. But we figured out the bolts were gone from the table. Right. So I mean it, it would have done that, you know. It, it was broken no matter to start what. With. It was yeah. a it gimmick awesome. table. It was, it was a, a gimmick, gimmick table. table, yeah. They did a better job. One time in IPW, Travis and I forgot to gimmick the table, and we realized it when the guys couldn't break the table. <laughs> <laughs> and we looked at each other like, oh, we were supposed to gimmick that. Eventually, Justin. Or, yeah, Justin Decent got put through the table um, and uh, told us, he said, just kill me now. Because <laughs> had one of the 300-pound hooligans jump out of him. Yeah, Drew, that, that was that was the same Galacticon we, where I had every... I think it was the it was Galacticon 2, right, Chad? Yeah, yeah. yep. When was everybody was in my room Japanese wrestling. watching Japanese wrestling tapes and screaming, and I we almost got... You know, we were reprimanded by the hotel staff. Yes, and... Uh, who answered the phone? Rob, Rob, Rob Nadon. Rob Nadon. Yeah. Oh, yes, he just, I'll tell them to be quiet. Everything, <laughs> everything got pretty quiet. And then all of a sudden he picks up the phone. He's like, hello. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and then we have the, your prediction programs. Which, oh boy. Uh, which I believe this was led to the creation of Skynet, right? You can find them on steam today, I believe. Okay. Okay. So I was talking to Tim before this started. I, I was not super computerish, especially at this young age. I think I had just gotten an Atari maybe. So um, how does this work? And where'd you come up with the numbers? Because I will, I will say the Greek gods are way too freaking low. You actually think I remember where these, how to. <laughs> so what, I mean, but I don't even understand. How did this work? Tim, you need to conduct this interview part. You said you're going to take this. Part. Well, I mean, from from what I can, it looks like an old basic program that you would. Basic, yes, that's about all I remember. Yes. Yeah, and and it looks like you know somehow it, it you know that you've got the the data at the bottom that that would that it would pull from. Yep. Um, and they were each assigned numerical values, which I'm assuming you just kind of came up with on your own. Yeah, it should not be called the raw rating. No, no, God forbid that it, this is better than the raw rating. The raw rating is way before. Yeah. This is the Dick and Desher data. There you go. Um, but then it, it looks like, so it says in there that it would do a uh, four out of seven fall event yep. between either the wrestlers or the team. So I'm assuming somehow it would take the numbers and compare them and do some kind of randomization as far as who won each fall. Yes, that's exactly what I can recall. <laughs> yeah, I, but you know, as far as how... Uh, I mean, I knew how to program in basic back then, which obviously got me a long ways. I mean, look where you are now, for God's yeah. sakes. I mean, holy cow. <laughs> the numbers, I know there was some formula of adding up the level ones and twos and threes and comparing it to the oh. days and the reversals, but I'm guessing it didn't factor in a lot of choices and agility and power moves. I mean, just kind of looking at the numbers, they don't look awful, but I'm sure there wasn't, you know, tons of scientific data of breakdown of the card mechanics either yeah these these are no saber metrics is what you're saying no okay 
Yeah. So we don't have to know. We, we don't know what Star Warriors war was or anything like that. We don't. I mean, those ultimate gladiators that only have 59 seems real low. So here's what I want to know, and maybe we need to have the fans comment. Is there any computer system that you could put this into today and it would work? <laughs> I wish, because I it, hope there is. I can, <laughs> can I go into my DOS? I don't even know what that means. I'll this may sure. replace COTG online. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I can or see maybe that. the app they're developing. Ah. There you go. Maybe you could step in and uh, file a copyright that. claim or something. Yeah. But no, I thought. I mean, honestly, I, I mean, I busted your nuts a little bit on the uh, on, on the uh, on on part one. But I mean, seriously, looking at this, I was I was impressed. I mean, um, you know, I, I I knew enough to be dangerous, but I mean, I couldn't have done this, and I was you know twenty five at the time, um, and had only dabbled with some of this in you know high school and college. I was um, only six. Yeah, yeah, you were an advanced six-year-old. Um, I don't know what happened since then, but at class. six, you were you were a freaking genius. This is programming uh, class in kindergarten. But no, I mean, I, I thought it was really cool, and it was just a really neat thing to add. And I'm glad that you know they kind of reprinted it, put it in the mag in in, in the in the newsletter, so that uh, so the people could kind of mess around with it a little bit if they if they wanted to. Yeah, it would work on any IBM Tandy or compatible. And I yeah, had there you go. Last night they asked, <laughs> well, there you go. The Tandy computer. I'm like, well, didn't Radio Shack own those? And Radio yeah. Shack went around. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. So, no, did you was... use this often, Matt? I used it several times, from what I recall. Yes. You used it in your Fed? I, I don't know how I used it to determine anything or if I used it to make decisions. It wasn't like I used it instead of rolling or anything. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And did you continue to build expansions? So did you make stats for War Games 2091? I'm pretty sure it was a one edition and done. Okay. Hmm. Well, here you go, fans. A bit of history. The there you first go. GWF game ever. So get it to work somewhere. Computer. Dig out DOSBox if that'll help and see what you can do. I have a hard enough time getting to that. Get, get to that C prompt and, and start typing. Stu, do you know what any of these words mean either? I don't either. <laughs> I think I took a, a class in basic in high school and um, didn't retain much. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, in computer science, my freshman year of college, we made some macros or something, and that was about it. So yeah. I retained hey. none of the knowledge. So. But Matt was on the cutting edge, man. He, he was. was. He was. All right. Um, you know, one thing I did want to talk about that we didn't have in the, the run sheet was the uh, the matchmakers, because I was listening last night to you guys, and I'm like, oh, these were some outstanding, outstanding matches. That's Tower Dome match rules with a minimum of 12 levels. <laughs> I mean, that was impressive. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what what that means. I think Mark said I would eat up a weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he said, oh, this is nothing to me. I created Castle Cosmos. I was that's like, that's it. a great comment. <laughs> this was created by David Barnes, who's still out on the discussion board by Bar yeah. as Barnstormer. So he can, you know, maybe hear if he hears this, I'm sure he's smart enough not to listen to this. But if he did, he could uh, offer some clarification about what how the levels piece works. 
It's almost like a, a multi-level elimination chamber, it sounds like. Oh. It's similar. So then we have the Aetheran Ultimate Chain Rules by Jerry Miller, who's as was noted yesterday, is 12 years old with the uh, crystal, the giant Aetheran ball in the middle of the chain. <laughs> Bare crystal. Yep. I think I probably used that one once. I might have used that one. I know I didn't. And then the the alligator pit match. That's my personal fave. I know the five alligator pit match. Only five. (laughs) I mean, you know, it'd be better if there was four, like one on each side, but five, that's kind of throwing me. There's just no symmetry to that. The the fifth one is the rover. That's the one you gotta watch out for. (laughs) That's that's the one. He doesn't stay. Five alligators take a bite. (laughs) <laughs> I'm fairly certain I may have used this between like splatter and pit viper or something. <laughs> so, somebody may have gotten a nibble. I know one alligator on your arm is only plus one, but if it's all five, only plus three. <laughs> proportion doesn't match up. Yeah, you should have had four. Four alligators and you could have done a plus four. That should have been a <laughs> over. <laughs> and then we have, you turn the page, we have the Armageddon match by Myron X. Coleman. And um, I I remember using this match probably at least one. I probably used most matches at least once unless I just could not understand them or if it was like one of the giant, like I probably did Castle Cosmos once or Monster Mountain once, but uh, that was too, uh, only once. But the Armageddon match, I probably used once. I think I might've used that one as well. Um, I obviously, I wasn't a member at this point, but I know later on there, you know, there was a like a, a compilation of all the special matches and stuff and i would go through yep. there and pick one out every now and then and, and use it yep that, we, we did a ringside companion before the ringside companion all sorts of innovation in the pages of club galactic super report did you ever use this one matt no no <laughs> <laughs> it's a oh so yeah, and I do agree. Last night, you guys were marveling at the uh, dice roll number 12. Tie the chain <laughs> through the ropes in the cage, crush the opponent on the chains, ram his head into the cage. Had two to pin, one to agility, opponent rolls pin, and is uh, now neutered. Yeah. <laughs> that was a nice sequence. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's what you call a complex high spot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then uh, I think that the best artwork in the entire uh, entire newsletter is uh, Kevin Cheddar's hair. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful mullet. That's a glamour shot right there. That's, that that's... is freaking awesome. Him and I were envious. Yeah. yeah uh, I'm, me too. Me too. I mean, I rocked a mullet back then, but man, that was, this is something. So, all right. Well, anything else? Any other highlights in here you see, Matt? Any, any memory triggers? Well, I, or nightmare well, I noticed something. there was a squash match in the Dream Federation that I wanted to... Oh, what was that? What was that? Did we talk about that already? Oh, that's right. We did already bring that up. We did bring that one up, yeah. But if you want to bring it up again, I mean... <laughs> <you know. laughs> are, you ta- are you talking about Mad Mike Flute trouncing Hammer and Heath Linder? Linder, no, not, Linder, the, one not was, Heath Ledger. the one I was thinking of. But... Oh, okay. Something about one of those loner powerhouses <laughs> destroying Chad Olson. 
<laughs> yes, loner powerhouse. I mean, you know, you had some nice around the galaxy results. I kind of like the battle of the stars there. I'm sure you touched on it last night, but you know, there's a few oh, good yes. results there and some of the you know, Star prime solar straining Bishop Hell and massive headbutting wolf in the submission. Those are some yeah. interesting that results. Yeah. To go back and look at those. I always like to see too, when people do Aether and ultimate escape matches, you know, who they put in it and who wins. I rarely use non-Aetherin in those though. That that was always a thing for me too. I think I may have had one, but almost always I think I, I because I've just recently kind of been going through all my results and trying to to put together one lost records, and I think I had one that didn't involve the Aetherans, but generally that was an Aetheran only thing for me. That yeah, makes sense. You like having a Russian chain match with Hacksaw Duggan and Bugsy fucking McGraw. There you know. go. You may not know that was his legit. Uh, that, that's his middle name, yeah. Middle name. Steve Minskoff told us so. Yeah, said it was on the birth certificate and everything. This Iron Man Ultimate Challenge series looks quite elaborate. That took some time. Some interesting yeah. Teams. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I, I mean, I don't know what this person had, you know, put together for their Fed, but it looks like they were, you know, just really kind of randomly drawn. Right. Unless they had just some very strange factions in their fed. And the Cosmic Forces are the only tag team. Mm-hmm. Is that the one where the Cosmic Forces started arguing? <laughs> what? <laughs> there was some. You must have the advanced version of the results. <laughs> no, that, that, might, that might have been the thing by Earl Goodman. Okay. Oh, All right. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Yeah, Earl, yeah, Earl, new- Earl, really, he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, really contributed a lot of good, like, narrative articles, you know, on, on different different folks. Mm-hmm. To the yeah, he had, a, he had a lot of creative bios. Didn't he have and the really the- good one on, like, Spl- was it Splatter that he did a really good one on? I think so. I'm familiar, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, well, I don't have too much else to say about this. I don't know if anybody else has any comments. I'm a little sleepy. Got home late from the airport last night and had to get up early and go to work today. So. I think this uh, Count Necros poster on the last page, I think I had that hung up on my desk at one point. Really? Very nice. That's a, that's commitment. I always did like Count Necros. I did too. In fact, there were, I don't think there was a dud in the entire set in 2091. No. They were all strong. Yeah, I like Serpent Unman, even though it was kind of a goofy-looking drawing, you know. And, but and, it made it—it's told the story you wanted to tell about him, right? Yeah. And Vlad Hammer wasn't, you know, a really strong performer, but he was a good character. <laughs> and I like. Yeah, the I, loved I was him. trying to remember if he was in there or not. He was, obviously. Nope. Yeah, no, yep. there were they're just a great set. I really love that set, top to bottom. Maybe when we get closer to the Galacticon episode, I can find the Galacticon uh, shoot interview that Tom did at that first one where they interviewed him out on the porch. Oh, yeah. So and we could we could all sit and listen to that and have a, a running commentary. <laughs> that would be stellar. All right. Well, Matt, thank you for joining us. I'm glad we could try to at least 
takes step one in repairing the, the relationship that, you know, if we look back, I think it was actually fractured more by the, the dislike of my old fashioned choices this summer at Galacticon. That's when things starting to hit the skids. Yeah, probably. You owe me a, a you know, half dozen or so. What? I got plenty of drinks that night. All right, three apiece. All right, we're good. <laughs> Put them on Tim's tab. Not a problem. I told you I like spending your money. <laughs> yeah, you know, you've done a good job of it over the years. Yeah. So one thing that's not a- affiliated with this uh, issue is, uh, you know, Lanny Poffo passed away. And he was one of my favorites when I started watching WWF. You know, even though he didn't win a lot of matches, I mean, you know, he's the first guy I ever saw do a moonsault. Yeah. And I mean, he had some amazing stuff. Um, so it's kind of, I was kind of sad about that because he seemed like one of the few wrestlers who was relatively normal and came out of the business unscathed. Well, you know what I, you know what I yeah, mean? He, he, yeah. he didn't yeah. have like addiction stories or these big struggles to overcome. Right. Um, you know, so uh, that was, uh, that was kind of sad. I even kind of liked the genius back in the day. It, it was amusing if nothing else. Well, he beat Hogan. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, the other uh, tragedy was Sodbuster Kenny J from the yeah. WA passed away. That's it. I mean, he was a, he was a good guy. I mean, you know, he was yep. out there, he was trying to raise money for, you know, for things and he had his causes yep. that he would always get behind. And yeah, it was, it was, that was sad news. He appears I, I to remember. Be, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Stu. He, he certainly appeared to be universally loved. So mm-hmm. and well-respected. Yep, he uh, had, uh, we met him at the first CAC and I asked if I could get a picture and he's like, sure, let me give you the sod spike. He puts his thumb in his throat. And, I mean, he was a good guy. He might've been a little in the bag, but that was okay. <laughs> it was a fun time. But, you know, we met him a, a, a few times and I know when we, he was one of those guys when we tried to sign him that was like, like, really? You'd want me in something called Legends of Wrestling? And we're like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, so good right- guy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, condolences to their families, both of them. All right. Well, uh, Matt, you're you're done chewing. Do you have any shout outs or any other uh, comments? Just all the animals I have wandering around behind me. I know. I see a dog. An impressive assortment. (laughs) There's a cat in a crate next to me now. (laughs) I saw a dog with a bandana walking around. Yeah, there's there's three dogs behind. Well, one under me. (laughs) <laughs> otherwise you know just uh my good friend mark and maybe the rest of you all too all right ashby would I, be having a field day with all your animals at the moment he'd fit right in <laughs> okay well thank you for being here we appreciate it all right, at this point, I'd like to thank everybody who listened and took time to comment on episode 119. So we got Ty States, Nature Boy, Lee, Troy, J. Irish 780, Priya, Ken West, Throwing Toasters Grant, Game Time 247, Carl Zilla, Victory Roll 84, The Faction, L. Divock, I don't know if you're related to Vlad Divock, formerly of the Los Angeles Lakers, and Swarm. Thank you very much for uh, commenting on our boxing-focused episode. We had a good time. It was interesting to hear that and interesting to hear how many other people had gone out and played uh, boxing games in their early days or still do that now. And with that, I'd like to say good night. Thank you guys for recording the first half of this episode, which was 
a little more lively than this part, but I wanted to capture Matt and I's uh, reactions because this was a very important episode, not just to our game fan history, but I think to the history of, of Champions of the Galaxy. So everybody stay safe, and we will see you next week on episode 121 of the Uncharted Territory podcast. Good night. Hey promoters, it's Corey again, and we would love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topic suggestions, or any other comments, and we might include your audio in a future episode of Uncharted Territory. There's two ways you can do it. You can go to tinyurl.com backslash U-N-C-T-E-R. Again, tinyurl.com backslash U-N-C-T-E-R. You can click the message button and record up to a one-minute message, and we can include that in a future episode. Or you can email us either audio or a written question at our email address, utpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Again, utpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Want to show your friends that you listen to Uncharted Territory? Well, head on over to our store at tkostore.com slash collection slash uncharted hyphen territory. You can choose from a shirt or hoodie with Travis Heckle's great podcast cover artwork or a shirt with a design inspired by one of our favorite bands. While there, check out the other great merchandise at TKO, including shirts of several of the top MMA fighters, including Bigfoot Silva, Tim Sylvia, Ensign Inouye, and more. Need a shirt made for your event or organization? Contact TKO, run by Filsinger Games promoter Justin Bulka, a.k.a. Pike Mojo, to place your order. Again, that's TKOstore.com, T-E-E-K-O-Store.com. Insert wolf music. listening to the end of it when i'm in the store tonight picking up groceries mm-hmm. and stew was there a girl there playing and i'm thinking no it's mike dolph and then you go no it's mike dolph and i about pissed myself in the <laughs> <store>. <laughs> did you win last night we lost in overtime oh shit <laughs> yeah and you said it was a pretty good team you were playing too right uh yeah they ranked about 50 spots higher than us <laughs> oh jeez. We had a we had a chance. But you're gonna hear the reuniting of Chad and Matt. Right after Corey goes and farts in an elevator. <laughs> Corey would never do that. He's far too civilized for that. He would <laughs> save it up. Yeah. He would save it up all day and do it in the bathroom at night. All, all, all day. That I would do. That I would do. <laughs>